When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Happy, happy Monday. You are here for another live edition of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Bilyeu. I am here with my beautiful wife, Lisa Bilyeu. What is up, homie? Hello. Hello, people. How are we doing? Good. Uh, why don't we dive Let's just dive in. in. Okay. Um, I have a question ready from last week. Boom. So just to kick us off. Here it is. Um, all right. So this question comes from Facebook from last week by um, Christy Ratcliffe. Curious if you'll have specific rules of engagement around who reaches out to family. For example, my husband is not good at thinking to reach out to his family to spend time together. However, my mother-in-law seems to think it's my responsibility to bring us together. This seems to have caused some tension in my relationship with my mother-in-law and husband. I do not want to force my husband to reach out constantly, but I'm concerned about what my mother-in-law thinks too. God, this is so interesting. Like all of this stuff is happening below the surface. Like this isn't something at least I've heard a lot of people talking about, but what? I, I'm having a moment right now. I am so fascinated by this and I glimpsed our future and what this looks like and how like there is something here where I think that we can really open a conversation and a dialogue to get people actually talking about this stuff uh, because it's all these like assumptions that people make like that it's her job to reach out. Mm-hmm. And here's the crazy part at the beginning of our relationship, 100%, I thought that it was your job. Absolutely, for sure, without question. Before we even spoke about it, just total oh, yeah, yeah. assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're a woman and because there's so much cultural baggage around the fact that, oh, you guys are better at relationships. And so um, you should be the ones bringing it together. 
also, on top of that, it is exacerbated by the fact that you're way better at that. And by better, I mean that it's on your mind mm -hmm. and it's not on my mind. Mm -hmm. So now you fit right into the cultural stereotype, which then further reinforced in my mind that, yes, it should absolutely be you. Uh, but there is no objective reason why one person should bear more of the responsibility. So... I would say it's kind of like parenting, right? We've met amazing people where the lead parent, and by the way, a mad shout out to um, Sarah Rob O'Hagan who gave me that word, phrase, uh, lead parent, which I thought is, is just you? a great way to describe it. So her husband is the lead parent, right. meaning she is running um, a multi-billion dollar or was running multi-billion dollar corporation. She's now got a startup. I don't think they've cracked that nut yet, but... Um, so she's very, very busy from the CEO perspective, cannot wait for her episode to come out. I think it was an absolute smash. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why the husband can't be the lead parent. But. So, and there's no reason why the husband can't be the lead on getting the family together. But there is a lot of cultural baggage. And so if you haven't established the rules of engagement to say whose job is this, um, then it's just not going to happen. And the reality is you used to do it it used to be discussed that it was you. Um, and that was when you were a full-time housewife, what we called the CEO of Billu um, Enterprises. And so it was like all, because you didn't have a traditional job, but I understood how much work it took to keep the household together to facilitate me so I could do what I was doing. Um, you were taking the lead on that. And so you would talk to my mom a lot. In well, you've skipped over a few things in that story that I think are important. Okay. Um, remember where you are because I only cutting you off to give um, context to everything else. So initially, I wasn't the lead in that. We didn't really talk about it. It was we got together and you worked so much that your mum was feeling um, a little disconnected. Like I don't talk to you much. And so I mean, you had spoken about how do we resolve that? Because obviously your mom is a big part of our lives and we adore her. And you were just like, you have you have little time to even spend with me, let alone calling your mom every single day. So we spoke and I said, what if I step in? And what if I'm um, that go-between between the two of you because she feels like she's not part of our lives. So maybe it's not just you, maybe it's us as a collective and I can help bridge that gap. Once we did that, that was amazing. Me and your mom had weekly calls. It was like every Monday at like five o'clock or whatever. And we would just talk for like two hours. And I filled her in and everything we were doing as a couple, everything you were doing, and then everything I was doing. And I think in that moment, she felt like it was great. She felt connected with us as a family. She felt very connected to you, even though you've rarely spoke to her. Um, anyway, so that's where we kind of started. But then... Right. Then, uh, well, so you're talking about the then being you got busy, you started exactly. working and that stopped happening. Um, and now it's sort of catch as catch can. And there, there was no like real punchline. So that's like really the moral of that story is, you know, where are you? You do need to come to an agreement. Somebody needs to do it or you need to both accept like we have that nobody's really um, taking lead on that, which by the way, I'm not necessarily recommending because I think that that does certainly um, with my mom cause some distress that there isn't outreach, but because she knows why and where we're at and what we're building and all of that, um, it hasn't caused friction between the two of you because she understands the change in the situation and all of that. Um, I wouldn't but, say it hasn't caused friction, but I've definitely felt... Um, 
not disappointment because she's never voiced it like that, but I definitely feel like it's I'm not delivering as much as she would like to, but um, from like before, and I've had to accept that. Yeah, because we're we're not as close anymore. Just on a daily basis, you know, when you're talking to someone all the time, it's the little things. Oh, I'm really upset today. You know, it's those little. I things. literally don't have that feeling. You, you don't have. <sighs> nope. Like I know, and you want me to experience life like you do, and I'm just like inside of insights. You don't feel the difference if you're connected with somebody because you hear about them more daily things than you do, like as a general. I don't really experience one is better than the other. Interesting. I don't know if I'd say better, but I definitely think more, um, I don't know, more connected. I guess that would be better then. Yeah. I actually disagree with you then. No, uh, trust me. I know that we are like night and day on this, which goes back to the waffly bit uh, that we started and take one of the epic get us live session this morning. Um, But that really like, I, I was thinking about that this weekend there is, we're in a phase right now, and I, this is all cyclical, and it comes and it goes, and it depends on what you're doing at that point mm-hmm. in your life. And largely because I'm not driving, by the way, because I used to use driving time as a chance to reconnect with my parents, but I don't drive anymore. We work out of the house, so that time doesn't arise, so I'm just working, working, working. So I am less in contact, I spend less time talking to them, but I don't feel a sense of disconnect. Mm. So when you talk about people who are like, I haven't seen my friend in 10 years, but we picked up like we never left off. That is exactly how I feel. Mm. So when I talk to them, I feel as connected as ever. Um, Yeah, I don't, like that isn't how I experience the world, which is why I am very, very grateful because objectively it's like the depth of relationship I can see the weakening of that if it's husband and wife. Like if somebody told me that they spend as little time talking to their significant other as I spend talking to my family, I'd be like, wow, that's so dangerous. That's interesting. So, but that isn't the type of relationship that I have with any other human being other than you. Hmm. So, Hmm. and because that is completely fulfilling for me to have that with you, I love my family very much and I cherish we were talking about this i cherish the times the times like my favorite times in the world are when the family's together and i get to spend time with everybody i absolutely love that but in the way that you begin to feel like this disconnection i don't experience that and i and i wouldn't experience it with you that's why it's so scary and that's why you I have to be no with me, like you if you and i never took the time to like really and deeply emotionally connect mm-hmm. and i won't say never but it would take a lot longer for me to feel it than it would you which is why i'm very glad that you're always so protective of real high quality time because if i had something like four or five weeks in a row where i had to travel whatever like i would rationalize it in my head and be like these are really key opportunities i have to take advantage of them but you'd be like look we need to spend time together yes correct we never really answered this question i just want to go back to this question well you need rules of engagement for sure you have to talk through it um but in this one in particular if the mother-in-law is letting something become an issue, like that to me is where people on both sides of the fence have to engage. So it shouldn't just be the daughter, like the mother-in-law clearly has expectations that aren't necessarily being, or maybe they are being talked through. And maybe that's why she knows that the mother-in-law feels that way. I don't think that it is um, objectively correct 
for anyone to say, oh, it should be this person. Mm -hmm. So I think that they have to talk it out. I think the mother-in-law has to take her amount of the responsibility. If everybody's busy, everybody has to own reaching out to the mm -hmm. other person for sure. But it would be hard, right? Because you're getting judged on the on the actions of someone else. So for instance, she's getting judged for, from her mother-in-law um, for not keeping in contact. How is that the actions of someone else? Because really it's because her husband isn't reaching out. So it's being passed it's on to her. not quite true because I'm going to reach into the situation. the mother's filtering her disconnect with her son through to the daughter-in-law. Well, now, so we have to untangle this. It is a very sticky issue. <laughs> uh, so first of all, I think there's a couple things going on. So one, I think the mother-in-law has a belief system that says it's the woman's job correct. to keep relationships facilitated. Yes, so correct. it is her son. So even though, yes, the frustration is not feeling like she's connected to her son, the belief system that the woman is the one responsible for that is what you're up against. Right. So first you'd have to address that okay. and get her to see and understand that either in this, um, you know, triumvirate, there's that dynamic isn't going to exist because we're taking a stand. We're saying that's not the belief system that we share, whatever, you know, language they're going to wrap around that. Or the daughter is going to take responsibility for that daughter-in-law she is going to be the one to facilitate it and then she needs to be rewarded when she's doing a good job of it right rewarded she, by who the husband or the mother everybody sure like if that's what everybody agrees yeah. she needs to reward herself and say hey i'm doing a good job of this the mother-in-law needs to show her gratitude the son right. needs to show his gratitude if they're not going to do that then they need to say out loud what the things are that they're going to do for sure and then as long as everybody's adhering to that then there needs to be you know gratitude abounding yeah yeah, and in our case, I literally just turned to my mother-in-law and said, like, I had to be selfish in them. What do I want out of life, right? I really love what I do. I love the work that I put in. Um, I adore your mother, um, but I can't commit that same amount of time that I used to now. Or I choose not to commit that certain amount of time. Um, and so just telling her, like, I really love you. And when we do connect, make sure that she feels that, right? Taking care of her, whatever her love language is, making sure that I do that. But ultimately, I've let go of feeling guilty about that, about connecting with my family. Like, I just can't do everything. And so I've chosen to not speak to them every day or every week. Um, but when I do, I'm always like fully engaged with them and let them know how I feel about them, let them know that I love them. And if they're feeling needy, I try to encourage that discussion. But at the end of the day, like if your mom turned around and was like, I need you to call me more, I'd be like, I love you so much. And I, I hope that we can get through this. But I just can't do that. Like I I would be so honest about it and be like, I'm sorry that you're interpreting that as a um, neglect or that I don't love you. Like, what other things can we do so that you do feel it? But time to me is so difficult to free myself up um, that I'm really sorry that that's the one thing that you're holding on to. And I would just be honest about it. And you know me, it's like if they ended up getting upset, it's like I would apologize for making them feel like that, but I wouldn't necessarily change my actions if I really believed in what I was doing. Sure. Because otherwise it gets very tangly. Because then it's your mom and then my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister and it just gets a lot of... No question. Um, all right, so on to the next question. Indeed. All right, so we've got some great questions coming in. Um, this is from Charmy Yo from Switzerland nice. on YouTube. Hello, Lisa and Tom. 
As an ex-obese man-to-be, what would you do to get better with women? I'm shy when I want to connect. How do I develop the verbals and relation, the verbal and relationship skills? Ooh. All right. Well, this is a terrifying question. So uh, the reason that it's terrifying for me is, and I don't know how much of this is just like the Reddit algorithm and how much of it is actually a growing problem. And I honestly don't have the answer to that. But the Reddit algorithm serves me a lot of content around guys approaching women the way that I used to approach women, which is fucking terrible, which is from a, pos a position of weakness and wanting um, approval and shyness. And I will quote Four Christmases like I do every time this topic comes up and say, watch Four Christmases at Christmas time. The uh, beginning The opening of that yeah. where she says, I want a guy whose hand doesn't shake when he puts it up my blouse. Mm -hmm. And as crass as that is, like, I so get that. Now, when I say that that needs to be timed to a moment where the woman is very receptive and that that's where you are in the relationship, I, I want to overemphasize that. But it's a line from a woman in this case. And I get that. And I used to be the guy that actually thought that women would find it attractive, that I was a little bit shy and awkward. Like, oh my God, I honestly don't know what I was thinking. I don't like from the perspective of where I am now, I so understand that is the world's worst way to attract a woman. So to the person who asked this question, the first thing you need to do is really develop real confidence. Yeah. This is one of those times where it is so much better to find a way to project confidence, even if you're not feeling it. And I hesitate to say fake it till you make it, but that is so much better than displaying your insecurities. Like Jesus, it, that, is, that is an absolutely losing strategy. So if you feel very awkward about saying like, or, or projecting something that you don't feel internally, then put all of your time, effort, and energy into getting that confidence. Mm. Because, oh my God, like if somebody led, honestly, even a female to me led with just like awkwardness and shyness, like while I get, there's like a, you might find some sexual attraction for guys that really enjoy power dynamics. Like as a relationship, that just wouldn't be interesting. Mm. At least not for me, because I am not, I am not a caretaker. That's just not my role in life. So I, yeah, I would not find that attractive. So this man, this goes out to everybody out there. Like, first of all, confidence comes from competence. So get really fucking good at something care deeply about that thing you're getting really good at. Your confidence is gonna be, um, it's gonna grow from that. Finding a way to be yourself, feel good about yourself. And one of the reasons that we talked about a, a future obese person to, a uh, formerly obese person to be, which tells me that maybe he's on that journey, but he hasn't quite gotten all the way where he wants to. obese man to be. To be, right? So I read that as he's still sort of in transition. In, yeah. So the biggest part of the reason to, other than longevity and cognition and all of that to get in shape is to actually feel good about who you are so that you emanate real confidence. Yeah. So yeah, get the real confidence. Uh, I need to get way better at explaining this because this is fucking important. Like people need to get themselves to a point of real confidence. It is not sexy. It is not good for a long-term relationship to be awash in insecurities. We all have them. We all have them. I have insecurities but I remember like you once said an offhand comment and I was like, uh, -huh, I'm going to remember that. And Do you remember what it was? Yeah. You said, um, yeah, insecurity is just not sexy. And I was like, 
Oh my God. The truth of that was so apparent. But the funny thing is you're still very open about your insecurities to me. And yes, it's not but, that I, I don't find it a turn off. Uh, so where's that? You would, you would if it were obsessive. So, so where's that fine line then? Because it's I, not I, a fine line. Because, well, it is, right? Because I think that you being, if you were like, I don't have insecurities. <laughs> you're about I, to I'm bite ready. the microphone. I'm ready, yes. <laughs> so I think... Um, if you were like Mr. Confident all the time and you were like, I don't have insecurities, like I would find that a turn off because I know that's BS. It's like, like you said, everyone has insecurities. And the fact that you're trying to hide it from me actually shows that you're insecure about your insecurities, which again is a turn off. So there's that fine... So can we agree that the only thing that's a turn off no, is insecurity? No, because so then there's a fine line because I want you to have confidence, mm -hmm. not arrogance, and that's another big difference. You came in arrogance, I would be turned off immediately. Totally. So there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. But within your confidence, when you started telling me your insecurities, there's almost confidence to that, if that makes sense. There, it does. So that's why I said there's a fine line because if you're just always insecure, that mm -hmm. would be a turn off. If you're always pretending like you were secure, that would be a turn off. Correct. But there's that fine line between leading. With the, I'm just, the fine thing is, I'm just keep talking. But you know, like, yeah. It's you're building like, over here. Yeah. For me to shut up so you can say your thing. Um, anyway, so yes, you get it. So basically, I think there is a fine line between how much confidence and how open you can be about your insecurities. I think you're absolutely right about there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. And that one is like learning how to play that is very, very difficult. And what I have found is when your identity is built around being the learner and you're like, you have real confidence. I can figure this out. I can learn it. Like nobody's going to be weird about that. Now, look, you could become an asshole. And when your rhetoric, and this is where I find that people really fuck up, when your rhetoric is just overly aggressive that like I can learn anything I can learn it faster than you and you're like trying to rub people's face in it mm. like that's where it's going to get mm -hmm. weird but like that one is tricky admittedly confidence and arrogance now the one that is not a fine line whatsoever is the difference between being insecure being honest about your insecurities and fucking obsessing about it leading with it, mm. letting it consume you, constantly seeking like approval. In fact, I'll just say that's the non-fine line. So all those things that I'm insecure about, I don't come to you and say, make me feel better about this in anything, not in those exact okay. words, not in the way that I'm a sucking, gaping wound about something, right? So at the end of the day, that's where people fuck up. You're trying to get the approval from somebody else that it's okay to be deeply insecure about that thing that you're insecure about. Let me just fucking tell you right now, it is okay. Be insecure about that thing. Don't wallow in it and mm -hmm. take action mm -hmm. about it. Now, I'll take the one thing that is very difficult and there's nothing you can do about it, being short, okay, for a guy. Hmm. Like that is- I say I'm short, but you mean men. For, for men, and here's the worst fucking part about it, women actually do judge men about being short, okay? That, like just uh, the studies, right? So if you look at the studies, that's one of the things where it's like, yup, like if you're short, then that, that doesn't help you. I won't say that being short limits you in any way, shape or form. It just means you have to deal with that thing, right. okay? So you have to figure Something that out, to deal with. 100%. Now, the thing that you're going to use to overcome it is confidence, coming from a place of, I know exactly where I am, I know what my height is, and I'm not gonna be fucking weird about it. And the second, the second you are totally secure 
in your insecurities, as you were saying, I'm not saying that it, it isn't an issue, but that you're not turning and looking for approval. You make exactly zero apologies for your height. Like you just fucking own it. That is you. Then all of a sudden people are so much more drawn to confidence than they are to height mm -hmm. that all of a sudden like, whoa, like it is your confidence that people are responding to. And it is like a magnet and it will attract people who are like, I never thought I would date somebody shorter than me, but like, it's just not, it's a non-issue. And what they mean by that is a non-issue for that person and that they make up for it, make up for it, air quotes, air quotes. They make up for it by getting really good at other things. So whether that's, um, they are successful, they are a talented athlete. I just saw this online this weekend. There's this guy, he's, he's five, nine. And he'll go, uh, do you know what a jump ball is in basketball? You jump with the ball? Yes, but it's like a, a specific <laughs> Don't thing. Judge me. It's a specific thing soccer. where they, they throw the ball up and two people jump for it at the same oh, time yeah, and try to yeah, tip the yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this guy's 5'9. Perfect. So this guy is 5'9, and he goes against guys that are like 6'9, mm -hmm. and he finds ways to win. So sometimes it's just he out jumps. Other the guys that are a foot yeah, taller yeah, than him. Yeah. Other times it's that he can tell where they're going to tip it. Right. And so he'll run. So instead of actually even trying to tip it, he Very just runs smart. to where they tip it to and he grabs right. it. And I thought that's the answer. Yeah. So for the overwhelming wall of humanity that is five, nine and decides they could never be in the NBA, this guy and a whole slew of other people who, you know, don't have that kind of height. They find other ways to get good at something mm -hmm. else. So anyway, I can feel that I could go on and on and on about this forever, but don't look for other people's affirmations. Like you have to give them to yourself. You've got to be so good at some other thing that's relevant to that, that you, that it's just a non-issue. You figure out how to work around it. And then literally for me, just knowing that obsessively being insecure about it, it there, there isn't a single win that comes out of that. Yeah. Nothing, mm -hmm. zero zip. Like absolutely no good behavior comes from obsessively thinking about something that you're insecure about it. So do something to address it or move on. Yeah. And, um, the one thing that came to mind actually while you were talking was when I was at the kind of, let's say the lowest of my low of digestive issues where I literally could barely eat anything. I was just losing weight and like just withering away I remember emotionally because I wasn't able to sustain food inside me to get all the nutrients I recognized that my emotions were kind of all over the place which isn't normally me and I could feel that I was getting sensitive and really like um, low self-esteem and I remember feeling like that I could use all the blame in the world right it's the food like I um I don't feel attractive and you know because I couldn't work out and so I kept looking for you for like compliments and if you weren't giving it to me or I would feel like less than I like, I wouldn't have the confidence. And then one day it just hit me. I thought no one wants to, cause I'd look right. Like, Oh babe, my muscles are gone. Oh look, my butt's getting saggy. And you know, those sort of things in the hopes of you wanting you to say, no babe, you look beautiful. And then I realized I'm looking for the external validation and that's not sexy. So the fact that I want you to find me sexy, I'm actually doing something that I feel is doing the opposite because it's not attractive when someone's insecure like that. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to 
make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with ebay motors brake kits led headlights exhaust kits turbochargers bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So I thought, force it. You literally said it earlier. Fake it until you make it. And I just thought, even if I have to fake it, I have to tell myself, Lisa, you're beautiful. Lisa, you're sexy. Lisa, your husband loves you. Um, Wear something awesome that's going to knock his, you know, like socks off. But don't approach things to want to get the compliment by putting yourself down. And I remember that so clearly. And I was like, you've got to stop. Like, you can't say one more negative thing about yourself. Um, and you have to walk in with confidence. And I remember doing that and then changing it. Like your reaction to me changed. And I don't know if it wasn't necessarily deliberate because I don't think I necessarily said it out loud. But I could feel you be like, oh, baby, you look good today because I felt good. And I was forcing myself to have that confidence. And then it's kind of like the vicious cycle, the spiral, right? It's then you start complimenting me. Then I start feeling, actually feeling good. So I actually have to fake it less. And then in faking it less, I feel, right? So. Yeah, let's change the word fake to what you focus on, right? So you focus on the things that you can control. You can control your attitude. Mm -hmm. So you're, instead of letting yourself wallow in these negative thoughts, you're forcing yourself to wallow in positive thoughts, in the truth about the human condition. And if you lead with confidence Mm -hmm. that you're going to feel better, which is going to make me respond and all of that, there's, yeah, there's a, that whole concept that you fake it till you make it. Like there is truth in that. There is something real in there, but Mm -hmm. the words don't get from people what they should. I need to find a better way to say that. Because I totally faked it. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
but there's there's nuance in this one because I know what you did and you put yourself in a positive state of mind. You'd focus on the things that were real. You focus on the things you control. You focus on like the fact that you were smart enough, as much as I hate that word, smart enough to realize you needed to do that, to switch your attitude. You felt good about really going through the gyrations to not let yourself be sucked down by the negative feelings to rise above what you were going through, right? So the confidence is actually emanating in a real way from all of those things, even though it was to mask over something else that really was legitimate insecurity. And it's that nuance that I think either helps people then really do it versus going, I don't know how to fake it, right? So, uh, yeah, so... I don't want to derail yeah. us on that, but it's it's actually something I think about. All right. Got some great questions coming in. Thank you guys for submitting. This one's kind of cute. I just thought I'd answer it in me because it's so relevant to us as well. So this is from YouTube from Eleanor Brambent. Question. My husband is a gamer. Good start. I find it difficult to like his hobby. He plays every day. Oh, she put ho- hobby in right. quotes. He plays every day. It is time to... It is his time to unwind before the work, before the work at the lunch break and after work. So he basically does it three, seems like three times a day. How can I accept that? Um, Well, I think the first question is why are you not accepting it? Like, is it taking time away from her? Is that quality time that she wants? And now it's kind of, um, I don't want to say jealous, right? But like resentful that like, I want to spend time with him and now he's spending time doing this instead. So it makes me feel less important than the gaming. Um, I'm gathering that's what she means by the question. So let's assume that is. Um, We've spoken about this before, but the one thing we did is we played together. And I didn't want to play at first. And that's the the key thing. Like growing up, I was massive into Nintendo. Mario Kart was my jam. But the second I came out of the tomboy world and I realized boys existed and um, I liked dressing up and going out, like I stopped playing. So I haven't played for so long until you asked me to play with you. Now, this is the thing he was playing on the weekends. We'd spoken about when the right times for you to play was. So it's like, all right, this is my selfish time now. That's what you would do. And then you realize, well, hang on a minute. What if we did it together? So you asked. Now, for me, it's try anything. Be open to things. So when you said, babe, would you play video games? I was like, sure. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to spend an hour playing it. I'm going to hate it. All right, no big deal. At least he feels special. So that was the key as well, right? You felt special that I'd said, yeah, I'll do it with you. So that would be my first tip. Like try try it with him. Even if you hate it, even if that makes your skin crawl, give it a shot. The reason is it will make him feel good and it will make him feel special. And you want to iterate that to him. So when you say like, I really want to play with you to see what you think or to see what you feel like, I really want to like be able to understand that. So yeah, let's play it together. If you don't mind showing me that alone, like that one hour, I think if he was, you know, responds kind of like how you did, you loved it. Now don't commit to it. If you hate it, don't do it again. But that's tip number one. Tip number two, I would say is what is, what is her expectations? I want to spend an hour a day with him. Is that enough? Do you want to spend two hours a day with him? Like, what is that? And then come up with a schedule, right? Sadly, like, we have to do that because we're so busy. So we say, okay, what are the times we're going to spend to each other and what aren't? I think you need to respect that his downtime is playing video games, whereas hers might be cooking or playing a word puzzle or whatever. So 
arrange that when he has his downtime, maybe she has her downtime. So now there's no resentment that he's choosing her or the gaming over her. Um, and then, yeah, just make sure that she's getting what she's looking for out of the relationship, but also be understanding. Like what I do when you're playing video games, I'll make your snacks while you're playing and I'll bring them to you. So now it feels like this special time and you feel even more, um, what's the word? Not honored. Cared for. Cared for, yeah. And so now you feel connected to me. So that was quite a long answer. No, it was, it was great. I think good tips abound. Yeah, I mean, so I'll take a totally different direction and say that it's so common that, one, let's acknowledge the truth of the human condition here, that he plays video games because they're gamified. And so there is a heightened sense in everything that he does. Now, I don't know what kind of games that he's playing, um, but if it's something where he's competing against other people or competing against himself, I mean, it... It, the thing that allowed me to connect with the uh, video games as an adult was the sense that I was playing a sport. So that, I had never been competitive. I had never um, really played like that, where it was like, I am mono e mono. I'm against this mm -hmm. person, and can I come out victorious? And that tapped into something for me that was very fun and had always been absent from my life. So I loved that. So understanding that there may be something from just a heightened emotional perspective that he's getting out of this. And you think that because it's potentially video games versus a sport, there's some judgment there? Oh, definitively. So if he was going out and playing... It's, there's certainly but, a lack of understanding, yes. But if, if he was going out to the gym, let's say, and spending time in the gym, yeah. would I, they I have think, that same response? Correct. But I do think that if he was doing the gym three times a day, she would also be like, he's narcissistic. And, right. and you've already addressed that, right? So it's you've addressed the why she feels like he's choosing something, no matter what it is, over her and all of the relationship um, techniques that go along with that. I just want to make sure people understand why somebody does that. So mm -hmm. chances are it's the most heightened positive emotion that he's um, getting in a non-relationship format. Second, it is um, the, the high degree of gamification. So it's tapping into our desire for progress. So video games give you that in heaping spades. Um, and then also it is very possible that since this is so typical for people that he hates his job. So the escape. reason, right. So he wants that like elevated emotion. And so it, video games give you that really elevated mm -hmm. emotion without the, especially if there's already friction in their relationship, there's the problem to solve is very fun to solve. Whereas mm -hmm. relationship problems, the solving it, unless you made that part of your identity, isn't necessarily fun. It's you feel bad, you feel like you've let the other person down, like you never feel like you've let the video game down, right? So mm, it, it is it is just very different. It is a puzzle that has been optimized for neurological pleasure. So getting that, and yeah, if he's playing before his lunch break and when he gets home, I'm guessing he doesn't thoroughly enjoy his job. So that's terrifying. So addressing that together mm. as a couple could be far more interesting to figure out like, what does that life look like where you feel lit on fire every day? I'll stop there. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Um, all right. So next question. This is from, um, on YouTube, Carlos and Marcel Fitness. Question, Lisa, has Viome helped you with your digestive problems? What have you added, removed from your diet? Also would love to know Tom's thoughts. Um, 
So no, sadly it hasn't. Um, I tried the diet that they recommended, but I was also flying. It was when we had our 24 hour live. Um, I was completely wrecked and that was what, three weeks ago. Um, been trying to get back on um, schedule since. I can't do high protein right now. So I've been super keto, um, hardcore, but um, I think the bigger thing to address here more than just the specifics, so it could be valuable for other people is um, going through this whole situation where I do one thing and it doesn't work and then it gets me down, I feel bad and you're now reading, in fact you even said over this weekend, I'm reading so much, I'm spending so much of my time reading and researching to help you Um I need to make sure that you're reciprocating by actually doing what I'm telling you to do. And that was a conversation we had to have because being put in this whole situation with my stomach, it's, I get one piece of advice, so I change. And I get another piece of advice, I change. And the fear of failing and being in pain is so um, distressing for me that I'm now scared to try anything new. And that was one thing that you basically said, like, look, you're really going to have, and that goes back to our honesty on um, the way we approach things. So like, if I'm going to spend this much time researching, if you're looking to me as a husband, as the alpha of the family to help you and solve your problem, then you can't push back when I give you advice and when I'm telling you to do something. Because now it's, um, I'm looking to you to save me, saving quotes, looking for you to save me. And at the same time, I'm resistant to your advice. Um, so we had that talk and I totally respect that and get it. And I said, if you tell me exactly what to eat, the exact food, the exact times, like I, that's easy for me. So I don't mind doing it. Um, but yeah, it has been a total struggle, um, these last three weeks or four weeks. And, um, as a supportive husband, the way you approach it is you do both. You give me the caring. So like if I'm in pain, you're like, baby, is there anything I can get you? How can I help? Which as the wife makes me feel cared for. It makes me feel, um, I can be vulnerable. I can look to you in that soppy way and be like, baby, like I just need a cuddle. But you also have that other side to you, which is, which is hard. And you're like, you got to stop fucking around. Like if I tell you to do something and we've agreed that this is what we're going to do to try and fix it, like you need to do it. Like what time are you eating? But like, well, around 12, 12, 30. No, you have to eat at 12. So that type of thing, like I've had to let go of, um, I guess being a little independent in that sense, because it's like, I am looking to you to help me. I am looking to you to solve it. Um, and so I recognize that I'm giving two mixed messages. And so, yeah, that's just one thing we're working on. Yeah. So my thoughts specifically with Viome, I'll say that it hasn't worked yet. Um, I really believe in the concept. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if I believe in the concept because I'm ignorant, meaning literally ignorant as it's defined a lack of information. I do not yet understand enough about this um, or it's just fundamentally flawed. I don't know mm. yet. Um, and so really exploring that has become one of the biggest obsessions with my life is certainly in terms of how much time I spend on it. So, um, I need to find out more. So I know that Viome is looking at the RNA expressions of the, um, bacteria and the, all the elements of the microbiome. So it's the most detailed look into what's going on. I don't know though, when they say the RNA expression, are they talking about metabolites? So from what I'm learning, and I get that most people listening to relationship theory don't care about this, so I'll wrap up quickly, right. but I don't, 
like the more I read about it, the more that I realize metabolites probably are the name of the game. So I don't know if they're looking at that. I need to better understand the data that they've given us. Um, I'm getting to the point now where I think I would understand it better than I did the first time we looked at it. So we just looked at dietary recommendations, went off that, probably didn't do that well. So was it good advice, poorly taken, or was it just bad advice? I actually don't know yet. Um, so we need to think through that. So I'll stop there. I'm so fascinated by this. Um, join us on health theory, by the way, oh, which we're yeah. actually filming another sort of beta episode of that today. Then? Probably. I think it's worth inviting people in. Hmm. Um, I have to rescind my, um, request for you to come on, which you never replied to, by the way. Oh, you wanted me to come on? Yeah, I did. Oh, but I there's actually going to be already going to be four of us. Oh, I so. did not see that. Um, okay. A couple of qu more questions, which I really like. So we'll just get to them before we wrap. Um, so this one, oh God, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, here we go. So and this sorry, is how much YouTube. time do we have? My clock is wrong. It's like weird. So we've got like five minutes, I think. Wow. Eight minutes. Um, all right. So this is a really great question. This is from YouTube from Shannon Nomadic. Hey, beautiful people. How much importance and relevance should be put on action speak louder than words? I want to believe in my partner's integrity, but in my mind, consistency is the only truth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing else. Yeah. All the words in the world mm -hmm. don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. And, uh, wow. So, yeah. And I've been as guilty as anybody. There have been times where I have not backed up my words. So trust me, I get it. I don't think it makes him a bad person or anything like that. Um, but wow, the only things I allow myself to be even remotely proud of are the things I do. And the words that I say are totally irrelevant. And at the end of the day, that's it. You're not judged by your words. You're not judged by your intentions. You're judged by what you do. So I have to agree with her. Consistency. And I mean, that's sort of a, another thing. But like action is yeah. the name of the game. So if he's saying one thing and doing another... And I would say, <clears throat> if you're able to have that honest discussion with him, because he may, I don't know if he realizes that, um, you know, that maybe you're not getting what you need from that. Like if you're not feeling loved or you're not feeling cared for, um, have that true discussion and say like, look, I know you always say you want to be there for me um, and I love you. And, you know, I really want to know that that's true. And here's the way you can show me. This is how I interpret that word. So if you say to me, baby, I'm always here for you. Last week when you did this, this actually didn't make me feel like you were there for me. And so really what I would love in the next situation is for you to do X, Y, and Z, because I really do want to believe that you are going to be there for me, but I actually also need it to be backed up into actions. And this is the action that I need you to take. Because I think it's, we've spoken about this very often, is that um, a lot of people give the present that they want versus the present that the other person wants. So for instance, we use this analogy like a Christmas time where in the past we've gotten each other things that we think that like, oh my God, he's going to be so excited. Like, oh my God, I love this gift. And it's, you know, like this beautifully engraved box with your name on it. And you're like, and I'm like so excited because it's like I've got it engraved and I think to myself like if you've got me a box with my name engraved in it that would be awesome and so I'm expecting that like elevated excitement and you're looking and you're like yeah it's a box with my name on it I'd rather have had a video game right so so that's why we say the present so give the gift that you that they want to receive not the one that you want to give 
So in this situation, if he's saying something you don't necessarily think he's backing up, sit him down and explain to him how to back it up. Because without those things, he may just think that's enough. Like, oh, we're saying I love you. In fact, I love you is a great example, right? We say I love you to each other all the time. No matter what happens, we always say it before we go to bed at night. Even if we're having an argument, we always say I love you. But we back it up with actions. And what are those actions? Well, it's the little things. And we've spoken about this. It's the little things for me, like you boil my kettle in the morning before I wake up. Like, that's so sweet. That actually shows me that you love me. Because that's, I forgot it this morning. <laughs> you did forget it this morning. And the funny thing is I went to turn it on. I went to like pick it up yeah. thinking it was hot. I was like, man, he yeah, didn't and I was like, it. When I heard, I was like, oh, I can't <laughs> believe I forgot. But it's always so sweet. And the fact that it goes against what you normally would do, right? Because you're in business mode in the morning. So the fact that you break your business mode, that you go and spe- specifically fill the kettle up for me and switch it on for me so that when I wake up, it's all hot. Like that's so meaningful to me. And so that really does show that you care about me. So again, like he'd never guess that, right? Why would you ever think like, oh, t- instead of saying I love you, I'm going to boil the kettle for her. That's just a personality trait right. for me. So making sure you have those discussions and then just being honest and saying, look, I need the backup. I do believe you. I know. But like for me to actually feel it, right? Because sometimes when you say like, you don't necessarily feel it deep in your heart or in your stomach. It's more surface. So that answer was so good. So good. You Yes, (laughs) definitively. And then pick it back up and drop it again. And I really hope that people heard you like telling the other person because you're absolutely right. That may be the disconnect, right? That he feels like he is backing up exactly what he says, but he's doing it in the way that would be meaningful to him and she can't even hear it. Really powerful insight. Thank you, Mr. William. All right, time for one more question. Let's go. This was actually from last week and I really liked it. It's like, when I'm on. But didn't you say there's like a bunch of questions coming in right now? Um, I think I've answered most of them. Okay. Chase, is there any... If we don't, then just ask the one from last week. Um, Oh, in fact, well, this is a fairly quick answer. Maybe it's not a quick answer, actually. But this is from YouTube from Mindy Sebiston. Have you been asked a question from the audience that hits on a topic in your relationship that is touchy subject that you two um, haven't discussed and resolved amongst yourselves? And how did that go? Um, that, yes, we've been asked a million touchy subjects for Schwazy, and there have been a hundred times where I've wanted to say something to you in Greek. And then I've thought somebody is going to drop this in to like Google translate and be like, oh, he just said, you know, X, Y, Z in Greek. Uh, and then I thought, plus like, this is really only going to deliver value if we can really talk about shit. So I've actually never once asked you to stop on a touchy subject. So for anybody that like wants to see like, Hey, go back and watch the episodes. Um, so no, we don't, we've never said, Oh, this topic is off, Mm -hmm. um, uh, off topic or whatever. Uh, so yeah, we talk about it. Uh, I think there's, When it's a value clash, we've said, like, this is a value clash for the two of us. We don't see this the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the way that we interact with each other is respectful. So I've never had too much tension around something like that. Um, So, yeah, from that perspective, like, the value of the show, I think at least some of it is watching how we deal with each other when we don't agree on something. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's... That's actually really interesting because that's the one thing we try and it doesn't mean we always succeed, but we try to make sure that we don't bring 
um, like elevated emotions to the table when we talk about things. And that's why on I've, camera or on, off on camera yeah. and off. Yeah. And I think that that's actually really important, like, which we used to suck at. And I was really bad at Yes, We used to really suck at it. Yeah. You're saying our emotion side of it. Yeah. Like coming to something like heated, you wait to bring it up until you're heated. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that like that, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. So now you finally bring it up, but you already wound up. Now I think we're very good about even if we're wound up, we de-escalate before we start talking. Yeah, and that's the thing that if there's any subject, like no subject is off limits to us when we talk. Um, because I think it's so important. Like there's nothing that, I think I would feel like I would hide, I was hiding it from you if there was a subject I couldn't talk to you about, mm. right? And then in feeling like I'm hiding something from you, it makes me feel disconnected to you. So for instance, in fact, <laughs> I don't think I told you this. Um, so yesterday or the day before you were traveling and I'd forgotten yeah. to give Bonsai his ear meds. Mm. And I felt so guilty. I was like, I can't tell him he's going to judge me as a mother. Oh my God, I'm not going to tell him that I did it late. And then the second you asked me, I was like, yes, yes, I forgot. Like I just- Yeah, you're like, uh, you can't give it to him yet. I just blurted it out because I was like, even the guilt of feeling like I couldn't tell you. Right. Like, I just felt so guilty, like I was hiding something from you. So I was like, yeah, I don't think I gave it to him around 12. All right, it was one o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had to blurt it out because I just felt too right. guilty in keeping it. But that's where we've got on our relationship. That even the small, ridiculous things that other people are, well, I didn't just lie, Lisa, he's never going to mm. know who cares. It's the emotional disconnect that over time that one little like oh I forgot to give bonsai his ear meds turns into another thing and another thing and another thing and before you know it I feel like I'm I'm not telling you everything and then so that makes me feel disconnected to you so I think that that's really important that we've always said we should talk about everything everything the good the bad the super ugly because we don't judge each other and we don't hold it against each right. other. And that's massive. Like, if you want to receive that, you've got to give it. So if you don't want to be judged on all the ridiculous things that you think and are too ashamed to say it out loud, like, don't judge other people for it. For shways. So, um, so, yeah, so basically on camera, we're exactly the same. We just talk through things, even when we disagree. Um for me, I just make sure that I don't get upset because at least like if we get into a um, disagreement offset and I get upset, I'll walk away because I know that doesn't help the discussion. Right. So I'll be like, babe, I can't talk about this right now. Give me some time and I'll walk off. Now, filming, can't do that, but I've never really felt. Yeah, A, it's, it's, it's a different, different vibe. Yeah. B, it's like the anything like that for us would be so fucking specific. Yeah. No one would know to ask. And then even if they did, I think we'd answer it in the abstract. So, mm, that's true. you know, because that, that doesn't mean that there aren't things that you and I discuss off camera that are tense. And we would never do that on camera. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, at least thinking about how I'd react, I would just abstract it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and also like, God, I'm far from perfect. So any um, things that I have to work through, it's obviously easier to work through it off camera yeah, because sure I can process it. I can go, okay, I know you, you're being ridiculous, Lisa. Take deep breaths, walk off, go pet the puppies, things like that. Mm. Whereas obviously you can't do it on camera. But It's also like, a, and I know we're out of time, but it's a really interesting insight because as we're saying this, I'm like processing through like, why do I have exactly no tension about that? about somebody asking something we don't want to talk about or we haven't resolved. And I think part of it is 
the power of knowing that the camera's on you means I'm going to deescalate my emotions. Like I'm not mm-hmm. going to. And then it, that made me think like, it's such a powerful reminder that you're like the emotion you project to the other person you're going to get back. So if you come in a little bit hot, then they're going to give it back. And then you're going to be, it ends up being this ever escalating mm-hmm. arms race. Whereas on camera, it's like, even if I felt like a twinge of aggression or something, no way. So yeah, definitely not. Yeah. So, and, and that's really a powerful reminder that off camera, all you have to do is approach it with a light heart and you can get through some crazy conversations. So it's actually really neat. It's one of the reasons that like the show is so valuable. A, we get the time to just talk through things and then always we're like in such a, cause we're both thinking about adding value to the audience. Mm-hmm. Like this is about, okay, watch us facilitate through this. So we're sort of at the best of our best, right. which is really nice. Yeah. Um, okay, because we started late, I figure we've got one more question. What okay, do you I, I don't remember what's on my calendar, so it's a little dicey. So if it's super short. All right, um, oh, then let's just wrap then. All right, hey, <laughs> and with that, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, we really do appreciate it. If it added value, please do share it. We're trying to get to 115,000 on YouTube by October 1st. So if you share this, we've got a contest going on right now. We're going to drop into the comments, right, boys and girls? We're going to drop into the comments the video that you want to send people to to get them to uh, they subscribe and then they add your name for a chance to win a trip here to Los Angeles. This is a worldwide contest. So, and we're going through, I think, the middle of October with the contest. So that would be amazing. If you guys haven't already yourselves, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.